This is Shauna for More on Women, and you're watching Interview Under Fire. Okay, so I have so much to ask you. Like, Let's I do was it. so I was so excited for this interview, like months back, because uh, you guys were actually supposed to be here last night in Dallas with right. Battle Battle Religion and Alkaline. Yeah. And yeah, I had I had that marked, and I remember Revolver did a piece on you. I I don't know if it was earlier this year or the end of last year. And I was telling my partner, I was like, "Man, we need to pick up this band. Like this this is what music needs." Um, Thank you. I mean, a, I mean, a co-ed feminist hardcore punk band. Holy <laughs> shit. Like, it's There's not like all. every day you come along the lines of a band like that. But uh, <laughs> so, so real quick, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Uh, number one, yeah, how how are you? And number two, how have things been for you, your band, family as of late? And I guess how long have you guys been on lockdown? You guys aren't, you're in Baltimore, aren't you right now? Yeah, we're in, we're in Baltimore. Um, one of our band members, Jen Arkey, lives in Florida. And I feel like Florida is not taking this as seriously <laughs> as it should as of the time of this interview. But I know that uh, Jen Arkey is. So uh, they're being careful and um, self-isolating and all that kind of stuff. In Baltimore, we have a state-mandated um, isolation quarantine thing going on like only essential businesses um can be open right now or whatever so we i mean pretty soon so i really feel like the 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 rollout for this like is we were kind of aware something's going on and we didn't know how much we should be concerned about it and we're learning every day but then the the, the day that Bad Religion and Alkaline Trio postponed their the tour. Um, we were like, okay, this is officially serious. Like all these big venues, like whether the state has gotten involved at that point or not, most most states hadn't. Um, all these big venues are saying like we are not gonna have that many people gathered in a space and put them in danger. And that's kind of when it hit for me. Like, oh, this is for real. Like we have to take this really seriously not that i thought it was a joke but i just thought like uh i mean a pandemic uh, we fine uh, hey i mean a pandemic's <laughs> not like something we prepare for okay so right this, right this right like, yes yeah 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 I, di I didn't already have that like um uh response down in my head right. this is how you respond to a pandemic so when the, when the tour was canceled i was like oh shit okay okay i guess oh, we so, yeah go on sure so what do we do and then um so we're so then my next immediate thought was well I got to sell some merch because I bought a ton of merch and yeah. it's just sitting here and I'm you know you go in debt a little bit um, just to buy enough stuff to last the whole tour and so I was like well the last thing I want to do is be in debt during this time especially if my work is going to lessen um, so I just wanted to sell enough merch to get out of debt and I did and so that's cool. Yeah, I saw your I, I saw the Instagram post where you guys just had like stacks of merch on there. Um, oh yeah, I know, yeah, we have like like we. Have I know, I know, I know. One of them's mine, and and of course, and of course, this was, <laughs> I was super excited to get. Oh yeah, you know, last night. So, um, <laughs> that's great. That's great. I'm glad um, you do that. And 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 then it's kind of become like I already was planning 
um, to work more from home before tour started. Um, so I was already in that mode. I'd been doing it for like a week, maybe two weeks of being mostly at home. And so to continue that, I, I still just had like a giant to-do list of like all this stuff that I've been wanting to do. So I was just kind of been chipping away at that and, and realizing, okay, don't go, don't go out if you don't have to, you know, um, work out at home. And, and then it's, again, it's become more and more serious, like where it's like, Oh, good thing I've been doing that. Like good thing that I, I'm glad I started doing it early. I'm used to it. Now I have to, according to the state, you know, um, everything's closed except the grocery store liquor stores so um <laughs> that's but, essential <laughs> but i've been i've been kind of i think especially me and dave and jenarchy I, I mean i don't want to speak for them but it's all say me and they might be in the same boat um like i've been like kind of like frazzled and and like okay well if this is really going down like i got to start applying for grants now like I can't speak in public. I can't perform in public. Like that's how I make my living right now. If I can't do any of that, I got to figure something out. And so I just thought apply to as many grants that I qualify for. There's another one that can't, there's actually two that came out today in Maryland that would apply to me. And so currently right now, your question was, how are you doing? <laughs> currently right now, no, that's okay. yep. I'm a little frazzled because I'm like, I got to, I got to get these grants. Like, Oh no, like I got to be the first one in there. Um, I don't want to get left behind. Um, and so I'm just really, really hopefully concentrating on those grants coming are, up as well as doing vocals for a new record. Yeah. That's I, what I'm supposed I, I, to be doing. I, I do want to touch on that. And in a second, so the grants, did you already apply for them? And are you, is it? I, I've applied to some, I got one from music cares. And okay. so huge shout out to That's music good. cares for helping out. Um, it, it, it really was like, I, I knew, I knew that I'd be okay for April 1st, right? Paying all my bills April 1st. Like, I don't know what's going to happen May 1st. And so I'm just trying to do as much prep work as I can in advance so that then I can just relax a little bit, you know? Like, it's really yeah. stressful. It's already stressful being like a freelancer, or a gig worker, an artist. It's already stressful. Yeah, You're right. already working, you know, week to week or hand to mouth. and And... So to have even more uncertainty, it's just wild. It's, it's, it's wild. And it's like, it's not selfish for anyone listening that's in the same boat. It's not selfish to want to get your ducks in a row. So then you can just not worry about it. Like that worry that is that extra stress on top of pandemic stress, like on top of like trying to not get sick and caring about your loved ones and, and being isolated and, and, and getting cabin fever, like then to also be worrying, like, are you going to pay rent next month? Like it's too much. It's so much, especially yeah. considering I really, I feel like, like America has the money, right? It's just going right. to the wrong people. It's just not going to the people. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying my best to just not watch the news all the time. Yeah. Because it's just so much, there's so much information being thrown at all of us that I, at this point, I don't even know what to believe. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've, I've had, I mean, for the, for this, for this virus, you know, I, I've, I actually have family in Italy who actually got sick with this, you know, <sighs> and Sorry. one of them, one of them has a two month old baby and she can't mm -hmm. even be around, be around that baby. She's quarantined in the attic. But once you actually have like family affected, 
about this, like you see a whole different perspective. Like, like you get a whole different view on everything. And then you see the stuff on TV that this is not what I'm hearing. This is real life. So, yeah. so that goes hand in hand with what you were, what you were just talking about. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge for people like us because like, I'm so used to, I'm so used to like planning things out that, yeah. that at this point, like let's say there wasn't a pandemic, pandemic, I already know what I'd be doing on March 15th. Now right. I have to, now I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> so, sure, so, sure. You know, so I, I, I relate to what you're talking about. It's, it's a challenge for all of us. Now, when we actually come out of this, I do see a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's not going to be like, I don't know, next week, it'll be further down the line. I don't right. Know. Which I don't is know. why all that prep work, I is so necessary to just yeah. cast a wide net, see, see what you can do to, to get help, um, take how's advantage that, of, of everything. How's Brooks doing? Um, he's good. He yeah. is, um, yeah, I didn't mention him before because he, um, he runs big crunch amp shop, yeah, amp repair shop in Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we, that's actually the job that I stepped back from to work more from home and concentrate more on public speaking and teaching safer space tactics and yeah. stuff like that. Um, cause he and I ran that shop together, uh, for the last 10 years. So he's been, <laughs> I know that he's been like going through amps, <laughs> like, just nonstop, like he's there by himself. No one's calling to say, can they pick up their amp? Cause they're not allowed to, you know, no one's coming to drop off. That's the scary thing. Um, so he's just been burning through amps, uh, getting it done. Um, which is so funny because before we were going to leave for this bad religion tour, we had this giant list of amps that we were like, well, we're not going to be able to get to them until a month until we get oh. back. Now you can. So and now and now we're like fucking done with all of them. It's <laughs> nuts. So um, because he's still got projects and stuff keeping him busy, he's not really worrying about anything quite yet. Um, and you know, I'm trying to help out at the shop um, a little bit just to call people and be like, I know your amp's done and you can't get it. Do you still want to pay for it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would my think, charm to get that done. I actually, I actually, I actually thought you guys would get you know clients dropping off the amps because they have you know all this time now if they're home. Right, they have time. Oh. Their gigs are canceled. Now is the time to get your stuff fixed. It, it really is, but we're not really allowed to let them in the building. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> and the thing is, like, suit, you know, just drop it off at the front. And... Yeah, I think if we were a standalone shop. Um, I, I, well, I don't know, actually, I, I don't know if we would do anything different, but I'll tell you what, we share a space with a recording studio and a guitar repair shop and, you know, not to blow up anyone's privacy, but like there are people that work in the same building and or their family members that are straight up immunocompromised, right? Like yeah. if something got into the building it would not be good. It would be deathly for these folks and or their family. And I'm, and I'm, I'm just saying generally, so, so just in case they're not cool with me talking about it. Um, but that's the reality. Like, yeah. and that's the thing we don't know. You never know who could be affected or who could take something home to someone that could not handle it. And, and this thing is mutating so fast, blah, blah, blah. So 
we, we have to be really careful because we care about the people we work with. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Like I think when he, when Brooks actually runs out of gear, like 100%, he's fixed everything in the building. He's clean. He's vacuumed every room, you know, like clean everything. <laughs> and he's like, okay, now I'm bored. Then um, we'll see about, if he wants to do like a webinar or something, <laughs> but hey, that just that doesn't that interest be, him. You that, know? Would a, that wouldn't be a bad idea at all. I mean, that's, I think it's a great idea. I keep, I keep putting the bug in his ear, but he, he's, it's just not his thing. He's not his favorite thing. He wants to just fix gear. And so only when he totally runs out, I think he'll be open to something like that. Whereas I'm like, okay, what webinars can I do right now? Like I gotta put some stuff on just, the schedule. He, like, have you, have you speak for him? And then, you know, you put your part <laughs> of the business, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I know plenty for sure, but I'm I'm not I'm not a good teacher of amp repair, if that makes sense. I I know practically what to do when something is in front of me on the bench. I don't know that I could train someone in stuff. I don't know that I could answer every question in a way that makes sense. I have I have all the practical experience and knowledge and and none of the traditional schooling or <laughs> i think you just 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 write a book yeah that's why i want to talk about safer spaces and bystander intervention so much because i'm like okay i got that i can teach that let me let me let me do what i'm really good at i can i can say i'm yeah. an expert uh, before we go into making safe uh, uh, spaces safer, since we're on Big Crunch amps, I, I want to like, how did you get into amp repairing? You know, um, well, uh, well, before before you answer that, because this is actually yeah. a question that, um, uh, that I that was that was really wanting me to that was irking me. Like, I wanted to know, like, from yeah. someone like you. So the way I did it was, uh, um, is this something a lot of women are doing? You know, uh, I haven't noticed a lot of women doing it, like as far as like work, being a technician for like amps and stuff. But you tell me, are a lot of women like doing something like this? No. I mean, frankly, not a lot of men are either, I guess. <laughs> um, it, amp repair is not the, you know, the most common thing in music world, right? The yeah. most common thing is like guitar players. <laughs> yeah. But, but, so but like, it's, 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 it's a select it's, group of people. And they have to really be interested in it and take the time and, and, and get hurt. And like, you know, it, it's a, it's a really, really, um, stars have to align for someone to be into this kind of stuff and to have the means to do it and, you know, and have the gear in front of them. And, you know, so there's a lot going on. So of course it's a smaller pool in general. And then like anything that's male dominated the entire world, uh, there's less, women doing it. I actually saw recently a list on She Shreds magazine. They put out a list of like women techs uh, across the United States, I guess. I think it's across America. Um, and most of the, they're like 50 women doing it, doing the damn thing. And I feel yeah. like 46 of them were luthiers, right? We're like guitar techs or something. So like the majority like work on guitars. Um, and then a few of us work on pedals and amps and, and like some of them just design pedals or build a pedal or, you know, like I, I actually don't know if there were any other women like me that fix amps. 
versus yeah. build them or build a pedal or like I actually don't know. <laughs> I, I feel I feel alone in that a little bit. Um, and I got like I've been playing guitar since I was 12 years old. And every band I've ever been in before War on Women, I played guitar and sang. So this is my with first Brooks. band. You, one, you, you were with uh, Brooks. With I did have a band with yeah. Brooks before War on Women called Avec. We both yeah. played guitar and we both sang. By the way, imagine by the way that. I have a friend. Um, I'm going to shout out to him. He actually helped uh, you guys book a show in Dallas. You and Brooks together. I don't know when. Yeah? I think it was... I think it was it was pre-war on women. I remember. I I forgot the it venue. It would have to be Avec. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His his name is Luis. So I don't know if you remember him, but but cool. But uh, but he's Tell so psyched. Hi. Yeah, uh, he's gonna be psyched that you said that. So uh, here yeah, he goes. Hi, Luis. Yeah. So um, he, he you guys book a show uh, before before you guys. Came right out. on. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, I wonder if that was with the band Red Animal War. Um, if anyone, if anyone his, knows his, that band, well, his band actually played, it was like a festival. It was some festival oh. and then you guys kind of just inserted yourselves at the last minute. <laughs> yeah, so because, it's like a, no, it's because, like a South by thing. I, I think so. Cause you guys were slated okay. for Austin and he's like, Hey, you guys want to play Dallas? And I okay. think he said, sure. Fine. It's a game. I, th okay. I think that was actually war on women actually. Oh, oh was or, it? Okay. Early days, early days. Okay, but yeah, yeah uh, I remember I being like, yeah, can we just play this festival? Do you mind? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, come on. Um, yeah. That's Which cool. was awesome. It was fun. It was a really fun festival. Um, but so I've been playing guitar and bands, um, before I met Brooks, uh, and, and at some point, living here in Baltimore, I was tired of working retail. <laughs> I was tired of customer service and food service. And, and uh, I heard that this vintage guitar shop uh, and, in the county uh, was looking for people. And I was like, well, I play guitar, so like, I could probably sell a guitar. Um, and I, I, obviously, I, I actually didn't know a lot about guitar and guitar history and um, different makes and models. Like I just knew what I had and, yeah. and you just made the best of it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I didn't bother with, I've, I've never been like a gearhead and cared Can you imagine? so much. Can you imagine if detail. it was like, like you wanted to play an instrument? Okay, you got to learn the history first. You got <laughs> to you gotta learn, learn the technicality, every... all that. And you're like, oh my yeah. Especially with guitar, because like the return is so immediate. Yeah. Right? Like, like oh, yeah. You're, you're instantly basically playing a song once you st once you make a sound. Like, so uh, other instruments I could see, of course, uh, the the learning curve is even greater. But so I, I I just started selling vintage guitars and started learning on the job. And oh, cool. and this guy was just a well. He knew everything. He knew everything about vintage gear, every single fucking thing, which screw head specifically was on this year of this fender, you know, <laughs> everything. So I, I just worked there for a long time and picked up uh, guitar setup um, skills. And, and then at some point, Brooks was like, you know, I've been kind of tinkering with amps my whole life, fixing my friend's gear. Um, I'm kind of tired of doing it on the coffee table parts everywhere not having the the good equipment to like get the job done i'm thinking about opening a shop and i was like i can fix guitars let's do it <laughs> so 10 years ago we just uh rented a room inside jay robbins studio magpie cage and just went for it and 
eventually we actually abandoned guitar work and just started concentrating on amps. Um, and so I, that's why I say my, my amp repair knowledge is very specific because I've really only learned on the bench at Big Crunch, you know? Like a how-to video with Shauna Potter. Okay, so this is what you guys do. Yeah, it was 10 <laughs> years long, my how-to video. <laughs> so, so now, uh, have your aspirations as a person or a band changed or evolved when you first started in the industry to where you are now? Industry. <laughs> um, I think that word is funny. <laughs> I don't feel a part in of the any world. Industry. Like it's funny. Like, like we are very lucky that we get to play big shows sometimes. Like that's awesome. Cause frankly, yeah. if you're at a bigger show, you sell more merch, which means you have more gas money, more Taco Bell money. <laughs> like that, that's what it means. And it's great. Um, and those are definitely, they feel like everyone working there is like working in the music industry, but in every other aspect, <laughs> it's just like yeah. we play music, we play in bands and that's what all of us have been doing since we, as long as we can remember. And this one just happens to get to play big shows, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think, I, I think the interesting trajectory for me, what, what's interesting to me is when we were first starting, I was just pissed that people weren't talking about the stuff that I wanted to talk about, right? That people weren't singing about reproductive rights. Yeah. Or, or, and it seemed like it went away. Like, obviously, like, the history um, of women in music, like, and, and punk and, and Riot Girl and, and everything, it just seemed like when we were starting the band, no one was talking about it. And things were happening, though. Like, there were attacks on women's rights every day from that Bush administration. So... Today's um, I mean... Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, the, my, my point here is, is it's, it's fascinating to me. Like, I, I have now lived that protest sign, that protest sign of, I can't believe I'm still protesting this shit, right? And I hadn't yet lived that yet when the band started. Um, so I was super like... Oh, I got to talk about this right now. You know, no one, no one talking about this. Here's my point of view, blah, blah, blah. And so it's been about 10 years since Brooks and I started writing the first songs. And, and I'm like, with this last record that we're currently working on, um, you know, there was a while where I was like, what the fuck do I sing about? Like, I don't know how to sing about abortion rights in a different new way for the third time, you know, <laughs> like I already had two songs about that. Repetitive. Like you, 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 you've talked, you've talked about this before, but now it's like, yeah. it's like what now it's. Yeah. So it's been interesting to like a personal creative challenge of how, what do you sing about now that you haven't sung about? How do you sing about it in a different way? If it's like around the same thing, like there is so much that falls under the purview of feminism concerns like yeah. every issue that anyone could possibly care about there's a feminist analysis of it there's a feminist point of view a way to do it that is more feminist and so i could sing almost about anything um if it, but but through the feminist lens and so it's like how do you find things that are still interesting to you after you've been doing this a while how do you do it in a way that's interesting to listen to and those are two very different things um, so I don't know. It's just been, it's just been really, um, just, just, it's just been a, 
a weird time this last year. I think if it, if it wasn't Trump in the White House, I think that I might almost have a little more passion. Um, um, I, I think I felt a little... By the sorry. way, uh, no, 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 I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm so sorry. But, but, but on yeah, that... Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so about Trump being in office, you said in one of your interviews, you, you, you said you felt defeated after that. Yeah. Election. Why do you feel, why did you feel you were defeated? Or maybe would that add fuel to your fire? You know? I mean, like that feeling of defeat really affected, um, it, it was hard. It's been hard since 2016. It's been hard to, to like have songs just like flow, just spew out of me um, to be easy. Um, like, cause there is that little bit of like, God, is this even fucking worth it? You know? Mm -hmm. And I know the answer is yes. Like, I, I know that I am not the only one feeling this way. And if I can fire myself up, I can fire somebody else up, you know? And that's what we need. Like, we need to reignite our, our passion and our fervor and our fight that's in us. Um, and so I, that's what this latest record has kind of been an exercise in is like, how do we reignite our fight? And one of the, like one of the songs that was kind of one of the later ones that I finished lyrics to, um, it actually came out of a conversation with songwriter and activist Ryan Harvey we were both just at Autobar at a show here in Baltimore yeah. in December. Yeah. And we were both playing acoustic. It was like a Christmas time toy fundraiser thing. And, and we were just talking afterwards at the bar. I was like, Oh, it's cool to see you again. It's been a while. And he's like, yeah, I was playing a bunch of old songs and I was like, Oh, okay. And he's like, yeah, everything I've been writing lately is just too sad. <laughs> no <laughs> one would want to hear it. And I was like, oh, yes. I know what you mean. Like I haven't bothered to write down the sad songs that would come out. I've just been avoiding them and trying to get back to like the more war on women-y songs. Yeah. We, but we were just talking about like, like how hard it's been to be angry when you're defeated and, and war on women comes from a place of anger, from righteous anger. Um, and so I kind of had to like, find that again um and in this song it's called wonderful hell and it'll be out on the next record it's it's about um like okay the time for wallowing is over basically like let's get back to work and i know yeah. i know if i have to hear that if i have to tell myself then like someone else might need to hear it too does it feel like you're one of the people who are carrying the flag for women no no no, <laughs> that's not something someone should label themselves. <laughs> someone else can label that, can give that to me if they want. But, <laughs> but it's, it's, like, it's like almost no. like being like a leadership. If, if no one is doing it, you know, if, if, does it feel like the burden's on you? Like, like, like no one's listening to what I'm saying. Like I, like I want to push it even further, you know? Mm. That's what I'm trying to get at. It's, I, I think that I give myself... Um, I don't know, 
goals, directives. Yeah. Um, and, and I want to, I, I want to hold myself up to my own standards. Um, and so I, I don't, I don't, it's a dangerous thing to, to really think I am so important to so many people. No, <laughs> that, is no, not, I, that is not something that is healthy for me as an individual to um, tell my, uh, and so it becomes about the cause and the yeah. message and the idea that like I, I can, I can have a good head on my shoulders about it and be realistic and humble and, 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 and maybe also understand like that our music and message is important to some people and that we represent something to a small, <laughs> a small group of people. Um, it should and be, it, 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 I, I wish it wasn't small. I wish, I wish it was a much bigger group of people because the way I, I see your message is it's not even just women, just like people in general just get harassed, you know, for yes. doing anything yes. like my skin color. You know, I, when I was, I, I was born in Bangladesh and then when I, uh, I moved to this, I'm in Dallas, but when I moved to this place in Louisville, this was like super like white people, you know, like, and, yeah. and I was the only brown kid in school and this was right after 9-11. Oh and, fuck, you know, dude! Yeah, oh, you know, sorry. You know, so it was like one oh, after God. another. So, so just hearing your music, it's not just an inspiration for me. Like it's, it's like a message that talk about like, this is great. There's, I'm not the only one who feels you know, on on this level. You know, whether it be for, for for women, whether it be for you know people of different race, different beliefs, religion. You know, it's that's true. Like we are all in this together. Yeah. And, so, 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 I, so, so when I said like carrying the flag, I, I meant to put that lightly, like it, probably not <laughs> the best terminology to use, but I think you, you kind of get what I was trying to get at, but it's, yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's important to have artists like you in the industry because like I said, we don't have enough of that. And, and I think it's, it's, it's a good, I'm just glad you're still making music. I'm just glad you're still doing it. Me too. It. Me so. too. We'll see. We'll see if we all go so broke that we can't ever tour again. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's possible. So, um, yeah. Fine. Hopefully, hopefully, I'd like to think that through this um, uh, pandemic, that people realize uh, how fragile um, artists are uh, financially. Like that, we work fucking hard. We we yeah. artists of any kind, right? Any kind of someone contributing to culture right um like we're out there giving you our all and you're stuck at home and you get to watch whatever tv show or movie you want you can listen to whatever you want like to 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 stay sane through these weird times and i i, I hope people recognize like like we need protection too you know like we pay we pay taxes on the money we get. We contribute to society. We deserve a safety net as well. Um, and so, I don't know. Yeah, that's, no, that's my I, thought I get right that. now. No, that's, that's, <laughs> so, uh, I'm thinking about those grants. I'm just like, oh, I got to pay rent. <laughs> those grants, all right. So, so for making spaces safer, um, so this came out uh, last summer, 2019? Was it summer? Spring? Yes. To, so okay. to, to be clear, I wrote a book called Making Spaces yes. Safer and it came out right last here. May. 
Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I just got it yesterday, so I'm going to start reading it tonight. And oh, cool. So, so what, what made you want to go this route? And like, it's not like you just said, okay, I'm going to write a book about this, and this is what it's going to be about. It's, it wasn't like that, right? No, or, no. Like, I've it was been, based on your experience. And exactly. Your experience. I've been teaching safer space tactics um, for the last six or seven years to bars, venues, shops, groups, like spaces of all kinds. So and how did that start out? Like, is that something you, you, you went out to the venues or they reached out to you or is this something proactively you? Well, I, I had started the Baltimore chapter of Hollaback, which is an anti-street harassment organization. Okay. And so for a few years, I was just tabling and raising awareness and, and, you know, and this is like in 2012 is when I launched it. Um, yeah, Warren Women. You like, know, that, that, w- that was still a time where my friends were like, what's the big deal about street harassment? You know, like, I think we've come so far in society yeah. to recognizing how serious it can be, how scary it can be, that it's just one more step to more violence and harassment. You know, it's on the spectrum of violence. So we're taking it a lot more seriously now. But back then I was, I was fighting in my town to make sure that people recognize that it happens, that it's harmful, that it looks different for different kinds of people and that there's things we can do to stop it. And so once I, once I felt like, okay, we've raised awareness in this town, what's next? Well, we need to give people the tools to intervene. Um, It's not a victim's responsibility. They're not going to be able to shut down a harasser. Um, just by saying, hello, yes, I'm a person, please stop. You know, like that's not enough in the moment. We need other people. We need bystanders to get and speak up because they're more likely to be listened to, unfortunately. So once I started realizing, you know, we want to give people more tools and, and kind of that's where we were heading as a, as an organization in general, all the hollowbacks, um, my, uh, friend Mel and I realized, you know, we can kind of. Maybe we can go even further. Maybe we should tell venues and shops and clubs or whatever. Maybe we should tell them what to do because it's hard on the street. Um, it can be so quick and everyone's a stranger. Um, but like if you could know that you could go to your favorite bar and if you were messed with someone had your back, like that they would be like, get out of here or like that they'd believe you or that you could really just enjoy hanging out somewhere like that's really important that people that are marginalized get to have true leisure time right yeah so we just started uh we came up with a program and started training people and um to me it seems like the most like productive and rewarding way for me to use my knowledge because the people that work at these spaces they don't they go to other places too. (laughs) Like they can use those skills in every job they'll ever have. They can use them on the street when they're a stranger. Um, They can, they're easily teachable Uh, stuff. No scene is immune, you know? No scene is immune. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think, and after doing that for a while, I just realized that I'd I'd built up enough like expertise um, and anecdotal stories, talking to different venues and what they deal with and, all that. And I realized I was just kind of saying the same thing over and over again. And I was like, wouldn't it just be cool if I just wrote it all down? And so <laughs> yeah, I could say my you, voice. Easily accessible to like the mess. So yeah. 
Yeah, because more people deserve this than just Baltimore. You know, everyone everyone yeah. deserves access to this information. And I, I really like the idea of having um, a basic standard where if every bar, if every venue, every space just started here, yes, they could build on it. Yes, they could add more. Yes, they could get more radical. But if they were at all at least doing this amount of work, um, that would really raise the the response for everyone. It would it would it would enhance the experience of everyone who's trying to have a good time. You know, one one scene that um, you know, the way I grew up, my upbringing, you know, the one thing that's important to me is is a domestic violence. You know, and I feel like, you know, a book like this, you know, it I can I can I already can think of you know, unfortunately, I can think of already you know a few of my my friends who use advice like yours, you know, a word mm. from you, uh, something like this. And um, I think it's uh, domestic violence is another um, just point of awareness that a lot of people are kind of just like are shoving yeah. down there. You know, it's, you know, it's, and uh, it's an issue right now when people are self isolating and stay oh, yeah. home, they're stuck Definitely. in their home with their abuser. Um, it's really dangerous. Now I would say I, I'm not an, and I do not claim to be an expert in, uh, intimate partner violence uh, response. Uh, I don't touch on it too much in that book uh, because it there it warrants kind of a uh, a few different tactics, a few different considerations. Yeah. Um, so as far as like being a little more specialized, I definitely specialize in. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's about it's about venues. public spaces. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I, I seriously can't wait. Like this, it's, this even gives me more like excitement. So now I'm isolated. I'll be able to read all this. So, so right. before we, so before we finish things up, um, man, I wanted to get to so many other things, but, um, how did you get into hardcore punk? Just curious. Oh. Like, like the, you know, your upbringing, for example. Well, I think I've always liked, um, punk as an ethos. And so the different kinds of, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, I like a lot of different music and I grew up on pop until I discovered um, grunge or something, <laughs> you yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. until I was like, oh, I can play guitar. Cool. Um, but, and so I have, I have an affinity for really good pop music and, and just singing and dancing in general. And, um, um, but, but I was really drawn to this idea of punk as, as women, especially standing up for what's right, fighting the status quo, um, raising awareness about issues that affect them. Like that's, that's punk to me. And so, you know, obviously like Riot Girl falls into that, but so did Hole and Sonic Youth and. Man, Sonic Youth, um, that takes me back. Yeah. Um, and like all kinds of stuff. So I, I but I'll tell you what, I, I, I actually, I remember the first time I heard the refused, you know, like wow. I know exactly okay. where I was, who I was with and what was going on and listening, to putting um, the shape of fuck to come on and being like, Oh shit. Wow. You know, <laughs> um, this and, is what I want to do. Yeah. Okay. And like cave in. Wow. Like, yeah. I was so, I was so blown away that we got to tour with them and like, I could like text them right now if I wanted to like, now when, we're when friends. It was just last year. It was like oh, in wow. October. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like I was obsessed with those first two cave records 
um, for so long. So like, that's the kind of stuff that as far as like hardcore punk goes, like I was into that. And, and so you can kind of tell, like, that means that it's not just like the same screaming note the entire time. Yeah. It's not monotone. Um, it's just really interesting, beautiful stuff and instrumentation and creativity. And um, that's the kind of stuff I'm into. And then I think, of course, just liking all kinds of music. Yeah. Um, you know, all of us in uh, uh, War and Women, like we all like all kinds of stuff. And so we, we don't, we don't want our fun. records to sound homogenous yeah, or like, yeah. like I don't want, I actually don't want us to, if you, if you look up the term hardcore punk, you see a picture of War and Women. Like I kind of don't want that because I want to be more than that or free yeah. to do different things. With Capture um, the Flag, you guys, uh, so I was listen, I listened to Improvised Weapons and War on Women, like, back-to-back. -back. Very similar. And then with Capture the Flag, I think you guys went the modern route. Like, you guys infused a few of the newer elements. I thought that was really neat. And uh, you mix it between clean vocals and heavy vocals. So I, and when you say you're writing a new album, I can't wait to hear that, you know, what's <laughs> coming up after that. Um, There'll but, be a couple surprises, I think, on this record. Yeah, is it coming out this year, or is that something you can... Do you know? I, I mean, that's the plan. This is actually the first time yeah. I'm talking about it. I'm I'm sure uh, there's a PR person somewhere that's like, hold on, we need to have a plan. Well, you um, do. Well, you do. Well, you, do ha you do have Jen in uh in in Florida. Is that kind of a challenge now? If you guys are going to be writing? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. <laughs> it's like so. Here's this. See what you can send up, and then we'll put it together. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. They actually flew up before it got pandemic-y, um, they flew up and did guitars. Okay, um, cool. Our, our plan was to finish basic tracks before we went on tour of Bad Religion and then do vocals when we got back. And so now that that, you know, that tour got canceled, we thought, well, we could probably move vocals up. Like, let's, let's get that done. So I, I officially finished writing the very last line of the last song uh, this past week, um, which honestly is better than the last record because I was I was writing song I was finishing songs the night before I would sing them and like oh, doing wow. that multiple times yeah capture the flag was an experiment in how fast can you do this um and so this uh, I'm I'm so curious to know how this record might be received um and, and how I'll feel about it when it's all done, because not only do, I, do we feel like we kind of made an effort to make sure as a band we've grown and are trying different things, um, but also we just had more time. And uh, I'm just like, how's that gonna play out? I'm just so, I'm excited about it. I'm really excited yeah, about it. It was stressful, the last record, getting it done. And we did it, and I'm really, really proud of us. Um, what we were able to accomplish in a really short amount of time. Um, is that tour cycle done? Because considering you were going to go on tour now, and then now that everything's pushed back. With the I mean, I guess that's industry talk. Um, uh, <laughs> <industry>. <laughs> I mean, I, like if, if we had gone on tour this month with Bad Religion, Not Going Trio, we would have been playing songs off of records we could sell. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. I guess yes. <laughs> I do know that much about the industry. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't wait to hear you know in some of the new stuff. So you, you did you say this year? 
or 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 what? That's but, the hope. Yeah, by the end of the okay. year. I mean, okay. my, my my hope has always been by the election because I feel like people That'd need be, something to be pissed be off about. Perfect. I know. Timing. I know. I, would I want hope something. you do that. <laughs> uh, Yeah. I mean, it's all. It's if the stars align and yeah. our vinyl plant's gonna be printing. Like I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see. So uh, before we finish up, what would be your favorite? It could be any artist that you haven't collaborated oh, no. that you haven't collaborated with that you would like to. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, that's not really fair, is it? <laughs> um, well, I always thought it'd be funny to get Katy Perry to sing something on our record. That would be so awesome. <laughs> um. <laughs> And I feel like the band, the band hers has like stolen so many good people to collaborate with that yeah. I feel like now we'd just be copying them. So <laughs> thanks Jenna Pup for that. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I actually really, so one thing that we do on our records that, that maybe people that listen to us might not notice right away is that we only have female vo voices on the albums. Yeah. Um, and so we've been lucky to have like cool local women um, and to like get involved and do backups and, and stuff and some in bands and some not and um, some known and some not. Um, like, and on the last rac record, Capture the Flag, we had um, Lauren from Sharp Tooth and Joanna Angel from Burning Angel. Um, uh, yeah. And so, and Brooks's daughter, too. Um, and so, like, really weird, fun combination of people. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, and so that was, that, that, that was really cool to work with them. Like, I've always really wanted to work with TT the Artist, who is a local rapper in Baltimore, but she's kind of like, blown up way too much that I we can even ever do anything and and also it's possible uh, right it's definitely possible but like she's doing really well and I'm really happy for her. um I don't know her that well but it's really cool to see um her success um but it's also like we want to do things that are really appropriate for the songs we don't want to have guests just have guests like everything actually has to make sense um because we're not showboating, you know, like we're really trying yeah. to make good music and it happens to be feminist and <laughs> have, a, have a strong message. So um, it would really depend on the song. Um, but I think, um, I don't know, who, sh who, sh who do you think? I think, <laughs> you should, you think I, I think I think you should do a full album of the Barbershop Quartet. Oh, is that so? <laughs> I saw that. I saw that the moment with you and Gorsenio Hall and Vinny. And that was absolutely amazing. I hope you guys do like a full album about that. I don't, know how, <laughs> I, don't know how that I don't know how that album came to be. Right. Like when I saw that, I was like, what is this? And I, I, I remember replaying that throughout the entire day. I, that's probably the most I've laughed in like the last like week or so. That's awesome. So you, that's guys, great. you guys did like an acapella version of, uh, what is it, from Mad Ball Set It Off? That was so Yeah. Bad. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what well, was something. It was something, but yeah, it was. Um, I hope you guys was, do that again. That was that was genius. It was so fun. It was so <laughs> fun and funny. Um, and my favorite part of that was, you know, we're on the fucking New York subway. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone on the train is like, "Yep, 
Like it's a regular day for them to someone, for someone to come on the train and be like, Hey, look at me, look at me. And they're like, <laughs> okay. Like they were not bothered. And that, that was no the amusement at all. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was, it was perfect for people to be like, what? And, and it's not like even they were upset or like saying, shut up. They're just like, like, okay, well, bored. they're, they're is, like, this, this is, is totally normal. Today. This happens every day. Something happens every day. We don't care. And that's a perfect backdrop to have such like an outlandish skit going on. All right. Well, um, you, well, well, you have an endorser. <laughs> so for, for, for that, uh, for that barbershop quartet, I'm definitely going to put my, okay. Brain. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. <laughs> That'd be great. Good idea. All right. So Shana, I'm going to, I think we're done actually. But okay. We, well, I'd like to tell hour. people to check yeah. out my, um, check, check out my out. website donapotter.com it has information about my book webinars trainings i can do so many things like this on zoom um Make so sure pick this up, guys. just because we can't be together in public right now it doesn't mean that we shouldn't prepare ourselves for when we get back out there so if you're looking for something to do to build your skills to be a better ally we need to know what to do when we see people being harassed because guess what right now not everyone is super calm so no. even when if they're leaving the house less, when they do leave the house, there are plenty of chances for someone to be a jerk to someone else, especially like there's a huge uptick in anti-Asian American harassment. And so we need to know how to step up for the Asian folks in our community. And the best way to do that is bystander intervention. So I'm happy to help train anyone and talk about how you can make your life, uh, you know, more feminist. Uh, so just go to shawnapotter.com and you can see all the different stuff I do.